Welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. My name is Phil Strum. It's season two. I'm very excited and very fortunate to be partnered with Wrestling Junkie and USA Today Sports Media Group moving forward. It's going to be a lot of fun. My guest today is our first ever former WWE champion on the program. It's Kofi Kingston, one of the longest tenured superstars in all of WWE. Kofi is also the creative master of the Royal Rumble save. Royal Rumble is coming up this Saturday on Peacock in the U.S. and WWE Network elsewhere from the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. And Kofi is in the match. He's also currently one half of the NXT Tag Team Champions with Xavier Woods as the New Day. At NXT Vengeance Day in Charlotte on February 4th, the New Day defend against Pretty Deadly and Gallus. He also has a very cool initiative he's working on with his mother called the Click for Quality Education Foundation with the goal of building libraries and computer labs in Ghana. And we talk about that, uh, Ghana being where Kofi Kingston was born. So we had some fun with Kofi Kingston. So here we go with the show. So excited to be joined today by a former WWE champion, one of the most decorated tag team wrestlers in pro wrestling history, and one of the most creative Royal Rumble competitors oh. of all time, the one and only Kofi Kingston. Kofi, hey. welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, but you can't forget your current WWE NXT World Champion. I can't scream because I'm in like a local like residency or something going on. There's a lot of people around here, but uh, yes, my excitement is uh, is top tier. Outstanding. Uh, so I'd actually like to start with the the Royal Rumble since that's coming up. Uh, yeah. This is your fifteenth. And you've had a lot of memorable moments. I was kind of going through them last night to prep a little bit. You had a handstand over the steps in 2012. You jumped onto uh, Tensai, Matt Bloom, in 2013 and onto a chair. Uh, you had the guardrail with Rusev. You were body surfed by the Rosebuds in 2015. Actually, somebody I know was one of the Rosebuds, oh, wow. Hale Collins. Right. And I, I'd forgotten that he was there. And I watched the clip last night. I was like, I texted him. Were you in that? So you have all the, you landed on the shoulders. You had the ring post. You had the pancakes with Woods, the sunset flip position with Woods. Um, what what was your favorite and how on earth do you come up with this? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. The, these ideas, they just come, man. And um, I, I always give credit to John Morrison because he was the one who kind of started this whole phenomenon, you know, or brought it back. I guess Shawn Michaels, right, way back in the day when he dipped his one foot on the ground and got back in. But John Morrison was the guy who uh, got knocked off the apron and he Spider-Man onto the barricade and ran his way back around and jumped back into the ring. And then the next year, uh, when the Rumble came around, he wasn't with the company anymore. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do something like that, you know? And uh, the handstand one was the first one. And then by the reaction of the people, um, you know, I, I knew I had to kind of, like, make it a thing. And, um, you know, here we are, man. Like, 15 years later, we're still doing it. And we're still coming up with different and unique uh, um, moments for people to, uh, to, to, to watch, you know? So... Um, I'm just very blessed and fortunate to be able to, uh, to to have been doing it for so long and to be considered to be one of like the highlights of the Royal Rumble over the years. So it's 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 pretty crazy when I sit back and think about that. But I'm definitely grateful for the opportunity. And it's kind of like uh, you have to sort of keep topping yourself. Yeah. You know, you're competing with yourself with all this. Was Royal Rumble something you were into as a young fan? Did you really like the, you know, only one of Shawn Michaels' feet is at the floor? Were you, were you into that one when that happened? I, so, I mean, um, I bought, the Royal Rumble has a different energy, man. Like, uh, everybody, even if, like, you, you know, 
this is a, a situation where people count down, you know, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, like 40 times, 30 to 40 times, depending on who's in the Rumble. Uh, people really, really love, like, not knowing who's going to come out next or, you know, uh, who's going to survive. You have, like, really no idea. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed the Rumble just as much as the next man did growing up. Um, but like I said, as far as, like, the elimination uh, spots are concerned, like, those, those weren't really, like, a thing. Right. Nobody really had the opportunity or, or, or took the opportunity to make that their thing. So, again, like kudos to John Morrison for like thinking about like taking advantage of this, uh, this like loophole in the rule book. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's it's just a way that we can keep eyes and keep people interested in what it is that we do. You know, uh, anytime you can find a way to bring a sense of uniqueness to your match or a pay-per-view or WWE in general, like that is what we do. And that's why we're able to keep such a, uh, a dedicated fan base. I thought it was pretty cool. I was watching the, uh, the new Japan wrestle kingdom show uh, last week. And I heard in the pre-show rumble or Rambo Rambo, I believe is what they call it, that you actually yeah. got a little bit of a shout out there when somebody yeah. did the jump onto the railing, Kevin Kelly gave you, that's gotta be pretty cool. This yeah, when it's crossing over into other companies. Yeah, it is man. And, and in these different like universes that we have that are supposed to be separate when you have that crossover, it is a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, but I actually still haven't heard the, uh, the the commentary, but I did get a lot of messages on my social media, uh, on Twitter and on Instagram, talking about the shout out that, that happened. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely really, really cool. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't take a moment to acknowledge everybody who has been involved in those Royal Rumble elimination saving scenarios, because it's not just me. You know, a lot of stuff has to go right. If, uh, if Miz throws my feet too far forward or doesn't throw them far enough, the initial one doesn't happen, then I don't know if I even do it the next year, right? Like if Tenzai doesn't catch me on his back, you know, uh, Rusev doesn't catch me and place me the right way on the barricade. Uh, if the Rosebuds drop me, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, so much stuff has to go right. Um, and it's not just me that deserves the credit for that. So I always got to give credit to the people who are involved in making the, uh, the magic happen. Excellent. So let's chat a little bit about NXT. You and uh, Xavier Woods are having a really cool run on that show and matches yeah. and segments with some really promising new duos like Pretty Deadly and Briggs and yeah. Jensen. What are you enjoying about that? And what do you think of the system at NXT and the Performance Center right now? I I'm enjoying every aspect of it. Um, I never I mean, I always knew that at some point in time, you kind of get thrust into the role of like, you know, you're the veteran and you're telling like the young people like what, you know, they should do or what uh, you would recommend that they do to have better matches and whatnot. And there's always been an element of that, like in the locker room. But this is very, very different for for NXT. These are uh, guys who are and girls who are trying to figure themselves out. This is a very uh, unique time period in people's careers. And it's a really exciting time because you know that all these guys are like the future of the business. Right. So you can see like little bits and pieces of people like finding themselves and like their characters and learning how to talk and, you know, trying to figure out how to put together good matches within the time frames that they're given. It's a very exciting time, a time of like learning. So for me to be involved in people's careers when they're like at this stage, it's, it's just, it's super exciting for me. Um, Cause I haven't felt that, that energy and really ever in my career, I've never really been um, like in that role so heavy, you know, to be able to go there every week and, um, you know, just uh, watch and observe and and give little nuggets of advice, especially with like 
pretty deadly. I, I feel like they are they're they're so so incredibly special. The way that they're able to connect with the crowd, and even if it's in a, a you know like a, a a way that the crowd is repulsed by them, you know, right. it's not a, it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, it's it's very um, you know it's difficult to go out there and to get people to be emotionally invested in what you're doing, and they uh, they got it, man, they got it. So hopefully, um, you know, when the time is right, they come up to the main roster, and uh, I think that the WWE universe. It's going to be pleasantly surprised for those of people, the, the people who are not like familiar with their work are going to be uh, very, very impressed for sure. They're super talented. Did I see that you recently worked uh, with them on some of the live events uh, yeah. for the main roster as well? Yes, I worked with them last week in singles matches on the uh, on the live events. So they're like accustomed to doing like tag team stuff. But even in singles competition, they were, you know, they were on point. You know, one of the telltale signs that uh, you are going to be successful or that you have something special in this industry is when you can walk out of, the, uh, uh, out of the curtain and people are reacting to you without you even saying a word. These people didn't know who Pretty Deadly were, but they walk out looking like they do with these like uh, mesh crop tops, uh, you know what I mean? Like these high crop tops and flamboyant looks and their hair all done. Instant booze. Like heat magnets nobody wanted to hear what they had to say nobody wanted to see them and they come out and they embrace it and um again that's very difficult to do you know i think half the battle is trying to get people to care whether they want you to be beat up or they want you to beat people up right so when you can get people to care you haven't even said a single word to the wwe universe like that that is you, you got something special so it was a uh, it was a real joy getting to work with them um, on the on the singles level, and I can't wait to work with them on the tag team level in front of like the the Raw and SmackDown rosters when the time is right. That's great. What do you see as kind of the similarities and the differences of the the WWE system from when you started in two thousand and six? I believe it was. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a lot. It's the, the landscape is completely different. You know, I think the mentality in the locker room is completely different. I think there's a lot more of um, you know uh, wanting you know, uh, to, to, to help, you know what I mean? Like we, we really look, look out for one another. Um, <clears throat> I think from, I mean, you look at like the pay-per-views, right? The whole entire concept of the women's revolution that took place, right? Where, uh, initially like women were not getting a lot of TV time. They weren't getting, um, equal just, um, exposure as the men were getting right and then between like Natty Neidhart and Nikki Bella and Brie Bella and a lot of the women you know that were involved in that time they took a stand and uh before you knew it you had your own uh the women had their own pay-per-view and now the women had their own battle royal you know a royal rumble you know um so so this uh, this to me uh is a is a huge step with WWE uh, and to be here when that has gone down, I mean, even like our travels all over the world, there's been tryouts in uh, in India. Right now, we're about to have our first tryout in uh, in Africa, right. which is going to be great. In Nigeria, like a lot of people were like, "Well, when are they going to come? When are they going to come?" And now we're we're on the cusp of like of doing it. So um, it's a very unique time. We've accomplished so very much in this past 15 years that I've been on the main roster, uh, and I'm like super proud to uh, to have been on the roster while all of these changes were going down. Cause I can remember when things were very, very different, you know? Um, so we got a lot more, uh, a lot more to do, a lot more goals to accomplish. 
Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of the roster at this point in time, being able to do all these crazy, incredible and unique, uh, unique things in the industry. And looking back on your journey through developmental, I think you hit Deep South, OVW and FCW on your yeah. way to the WWE version of ECW, which I remember seeing you debut on there, too. So yeah. it's just there's been so many iterations of it. But there's so many people like you, not so many people, but like you, Adolph Ziggler, The Miz. There's some there's some guys that have really had some significant, like unprecedented amount of years in this system and it's amazing to continue to stay fresh for yeah. that level of time too i would think yeah thank you man it, it's it's very we were actually just talking about this the other day um but i think you know so i've been on the main roster for it'll be 15 years in january which blows my mind like 15 years is such a such a long time but you think about like a lot of the biggest superstars in our industry and uh the majority of them haven't been around for like even half that amount of time i think the rocks like main roster tenure was like what six years or something like this austin same thing similar um so you know i would you know like compare it to maybe like a cane who was you know through the attitude era all the way up until recently um was on the roster but it's not it's very rare that you get people that have been on the roster consistently for for so long so again you know myself Miz, Dolph um even like Sheamus now um we take a lot of pride in that we take a lot of pride in being able to uh, have been around for so long but in a in a, in a state of relevancy you know yeah. um and, and doing significant significant uh things on the roster um it's been yeah it's been it's been great but it's weird to like look back at that stuff because i feel like i still have a lot more to yeah. give you know what i mean which is a good position to be in for sure um but yeah man uh, this is all i've ever wanted to do since i was a kid and i'm just happy and and i feel very fortunate and blessed and grateful that i'm still able to do it at such a high level we're just thinking too. Randy Orton, I think, is at about twenty-three years on the, the roster too. So. Of course, how can I? Yeah, come on, man. Like it, I, I watched wild. him. In a, I think I watched him in a dark match in two thousand and two at Madison Square wow. Garden. So, yeah, uh, against Brock Lesnar. Against Brock. <laughs> oh boy, nice, nice. Brock Lesnar the one night, and Ron H two O Waterman was the other night. But uh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the other thing that I was hearing about is uh, tell me about the new charity you're starting with your mother uh, about building computer labs and libraries in Ghana, the Click for Quality Education Foundation. Click, correct me if I'm wrong, Sending for Computer Lab, an integrated center for knowledge for quality education. So yes, tell me yeah. tell me about this project. Yeah, man, it's something that my mom and I are super excited about. Um, you know, uh, my, we, we have talked all the time about kind of the state of uh, life and in Ghana and outside of the United States. And one of the things that was a constant standout was the fact that like children didn't necessarily have the same opportunities as uh, as children in, in the United States or anywhere else in the world. And particularly with like computers and libraries, my mom was telling me that um, there are some kids who get to high school without ever having been to a library or without ever having been on a computer, you know, but at the same time, like they're expected to pass the same standardized test um, that everybody else is, you're expected to do well. And if you don't do well, then, you know, like it's hard to advance. So um, people are, are really kind of started, uh, you know, like without a leg up, you know what I mean? At a disadvantage. And um, it's our goal to kind of like bring them up and, and give them the same opportunities that everybody else has. So um, we want to provide um, just, yeah, com computer labs and uh, provide like a, a sense of computer literacy 
because obviously in this day and age, it's so incredibly important to be kind of in touch with technology. I mean, we take it for granted where I can like take my cell phone and I can look up any piece of information in the world, you know, and uh, be mad that the internet is not as fast as it should be. When there are people in the world and people in Ghana who uh, don't even know what a computer is, my mom was telling me that like the uh, sometimes when the teachers are teaching the kids about computers, they're taking like rocks and and different like tools in the in the classroom and putting them together and say, hey, this is a mouse, this is a screen, and you usually type into the keyboard, then it goes to the screen, and I can only imagine what it's like for a child to like be trying to conceptualize this. You can't possibly get a grasp on what it actually is. So. Um, it is our goal to, um, to, to give them those opportunities to, uh, to learn and, you know, just be on the same level when it comes to media literacy and computer literacy with, um, you know, on the same level as everybody else in the world. So uh, we have a GoFundMe going to, uh, to help fund it because as, as much as uh, I am a very much uh, I'll do it myself person. You know, but the uh, the the longer that I am involved in this process, the more I realize that I, I can't do it myself. We can't do it ourselves, and we do need the help. And um, you know, generosity of uh, of people to uh, to to give so that we can get our computers and we can get a few more things that we need to get to uh, get the uh, first one, hopefully the first of many, so we can get that up and running. But um, yeah, we have the GoFundMe, which is at uh, GoFundMe.com slash click FQE. Or if you uh, want to, you know, follow on all the latest, uh, you know, goings on of uh, the Click for Quality Education Foundation, you can just go to click FQE on Twitter, on Instagram, and, um, and we'll be updating people. And, uh, you know, anything you can give will help. And um, even if you can't, donate that's fine too if you can spread the word that is equally helpful so um we're looking forward to being able to provide something really special for all these kids out there that's great we can include the link with uh with the release of this too uh, it's really yeah. great stuff uh what's it like doing something like this with your mom it's amazing it's so awesome because my mom has always been somebody that has been a leader by example and in the Ghanaian community she has been somebody that people have uh, looked up to for a long time and they, uh, she's always just had the mentality of wanting to help people. My mom and my dad, to be honest, um, and, and I've always uh, that 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 always resonated with me. You know, um, the the more success that we experience as celebrities, I feel like we have a responsibility to kind of give back to the community in any way that we can. And um, when you're in a position to be able to help, to be able to spread the word, to be able to galvanize people, to give. Um, you, you do that, you do that, you know, because, uh, like uh, I'm a big Spider-Man guy, right? So Peter Parker and then uncle Ben, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And, uh, we feel like we have a responsibility to, uh, to help people in the best way that we can. So that's what we're trying to do. And to be able to do it alongside my mom is it just, it just feels right, you know, cause this is exactly what she taught me to do. And now she's kind of holding my hand and we're doing it together. And it's very exciting. That's tremendous. Uh, so it feels almost awkward to bring up New Day now, but, you know, legitimately one of the greatest three-man units in the history of wrestling, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Oh, thank you. you and Biggie and Creed all seem like solid citizens, making your communities better, being a big part of it. It's oh, yeah. just, why has this lasted so long? Why does it work? <laughs> it's even lasted through multiple WWE championship reigns, both yourself and Biggie. Yeah. I think it's uh, the fact that we have – something that's very unique and very special when it comes to our relationship. Uh, we, you know, have so much love for each other. 
uh, and it oozes through like the camera lens. A lot of times when we're out there making people laugh in the crowd, we're really, it's great that they're participating with us, but we're really kind of doing it to, to rib each other and laugh with each other and have a good time with each other. If the people weren't there, you would still be doing it. So what we do comes across as very authentic. And, um, you know, it's just something that's very, that's very special. You think about all the tag teams that have been around in the history of WWE, and there's always like either one person that's like trying to use the other to, to get a leg up and get a the WWE title or get the singles title or whatever it is. There's always like selfish motivation behind, um, there's always like selfish motivation behind like the, uh, their, their relationship or the, the success. So, um, with us, it's not that, you know, and, um, as much as what we do is like storyline driven, this is actually like real, you know, this is our real relationship and it comes across that way on television. So, um, I think that's why we've been able to stay together because people realize like how special the relationship is between the three of us. It's not something that you can like, you know, that you can fake, that you can, uh, you know, like uh, people would see through it if it wasn't as real as it was. So um, hopefully, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's, what, that's our goal is to be the one faction that never breaks up, that never fights, that never collides in the ring and, you know, has like, different uh like like questionable you know uh motives or anything like that we are just three dudes who who love each other and uh, you know we we respect each other and um you know three brothers and uh, i'll say too i was in attendance at the show with the kofi mania show which was just a, a oh, great yeah. thing to be at at, at metlife stadium so that that was a that was tremendous too oh right uh, on man we're going to move to something we call the three count now. It's going to be three quick questions and your your responses. Um, right. So was there a moment with New Day where you looked at yourselves and thought, wow, this is ridiculous. We are really getting paid to do this. <laughs> and what was there, it? Hey, uh, there's there's so many moments. I mean, uh, it was probably at some point in time when I'm out there uh, like twerking, ease out there, swiveling his hips. Wood just swiveling his hips and the entire crowd is doing it along with us and they're going to buy our shirts, you know, and uh, we'll, we'll like, we'll leave the arenas and uh, people will be waiting to like see WWE superstars on the way out. And then you'll have like the entire crowd just like swiveling their hips and we're like, man, this is our <laughs> contribution. This is our contribution to society, you know, like the people are out there from all ages, you know, little kids all the way up to old ladies out there swiveling their hips, you know. And, uh, and trying to say what's up. So um, when you sit back and think about all the crazy things that we have done, it is, it's really quite remarkable. And yes, we say it often, we can't get, we can't believe that we get paid actual money to do this. It's crazy. And you're having fun doing it. Um, yeah. What What's your favorite New Day accessory and why? Oh boy. Um, I mean, it's gotta be the unicorn horn. Yeah, I mean, uh, the fact that, so we came up with this idea. Uh, we just had like these <laughs> like uh, glass or, or like plastic horns that we put on like uh, uh, headbands that were made and they were like, were hurting our heads to wear. They were really, really heavy. Uh, but then when we came backstage after doing that segment, the merch guys were right there like, we're gonna make those, we can, we can sell them. Like what? So of course, like they make them and they, they actually like lit up, right. And like different colors. I'm like, who, like, who, like, why is this a thing? Like who, whose concept was this? Who invented this? You know, like, 
so that yeah i think the unicorn horn from the inception all the way to the the merchandising of it is is completely and utterly ridiculous I always enjoyed the uh, pancake toss when you were doing that. And I was kind of, it kind of harkened me back to the old leaping Lanny Poffo throwing the frisbees, but the pancakes don't quite make it as far, maybe, as uh, oh, yeah. some of the frisbees do. Yeah. And then people would eat those pancakes, which was crazy, Ugh. too, because a lot of times, like, they'd be sitting out all day, they'd be stale and stiff. And then E would come out and he'd put them in his singlet. And you know, or you might not know, but he doesn't wear any any boxers under there. And he comes out and he throws them out, and people are just like fighting each other to grab them. They're eating them. I'm like, guys, no, like I'm I'm very honest with you. Like these are props. These are props. These are, this is not a this is not a meal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, hey, to each their own, man. It's all good. And then uh, finally, if you could show someone three Kofi Kingston matches as an introduction to you as a wrestler, what which matches Whoa. would you choose and why? Okay, I would show them um, my, like, before I got signed, um, any match that I had at Chaotic Wrestling, because I didn't know what my, I was, you know, playing the Jamaican character, you know, go for Kingston, from Kingston, Jamaica, you know, didn't know what I was doing in the ring, doing all these, like, awkward mannerisms. Uh, and then I would also show them um, my match against Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental Championship title. Um, because it was kind of a progression, right? You know what I mean? Of, of from where I was to where I got to, and then obviously like the 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 match at WrestleMania against Daniel Daniel Bryan, because again, just to show the level of progression of where I started from and where I got to, and then you're like, oh my god, like this guy should have never made it. You know what I'm saying? This guy should have never made it. This character and all these weird things he's doing in the ring. Who would have thought? that he could go through and win the WWE championship. Um, it shouldn't, it shouldn't have happened in a lot of ways, you know? So, uh, but yet and still, you know, here we are and, uh, and we're still doing it. So it's all great. That's terrific. Well, congratulations on all you've been able to accomplish. We, we actually had Mike Bucci on uh, not too long ago. Hey, uh, nice. last month, and he had a lot of nice things to say about you from when you were, when you were breaking into the business also. Oh, so uh, he's the man, he's the man I owe him the world. Cause without, I mean, he was the one who decided to sign me, you know, and um, he was at the tryout that I had way back in 2006. And, um, you know, he saw something that he liked and, and luckily I was there right place, right time. And, uh, you know, here we are. Without him, I, I definitely wouldn't be here. So shout out to Nova, man. He's the man. Very nice. Well, uh, Kofi, thank you so much for joining me today on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I have really enjoyed this. All the best with all you have going on, and you've got a lot going on. So yeah, thank, um, you. thank you so much for joining me today. Couldn't couldn't be. Thank you. Thank you for having me on, man. It was a pleasure to talk to you. All right. Thanks again, everyone, for joining me this week on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I'd like to thank Kofi Kingston for joining me. I'd also like to thank WWE's former Vice President of Communications, Adam Hopkins, for setting this up and for all his help on the previous episodes we did with WWE Superstars. I'd also like to thank Chuck Kingsbury from WWE. Join us next week for another episode of Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations.